You are listening to the Unlock Your Sound podcast. Feel free to join the discussion over at the Unlock Your Sound Facebook group. Facebook.com slash groups slash Unlock Your Sound. Hello and welcome to the Unlock Your Sound podcast with myself, Christopher Cavallio, and I'm joined by Chris Pavey. Hello, Chris. Hi, Chris. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good. Yeah, excellent. Good stuff. So uh, what's uh, what we got written down for today then, Chris? Today, Chris, we're doing audio myths, um, which might prove to be one of the most controversial episodes we, we have recorded. So we're expecting hundreds and hundreds of letters and emails sent in to us after this one. And <laughs> if that happens, we are, we are doing our job correctly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, no. yeah. Yeah, indeed. So we'll jump straight into it. Um, following on from last, um, the last episode where we did mindset and how to begin engineer, this episode is kind of a two-parter with that because it's audio myths and truth and what's actually real um, can be subjective to different people because people use opinions sometimes over facts to uh, quantify things. Yeah. yeah. So what we thought we'd do today is, is just talk through some of the things we've heard where, we're, where we would challenge those things, um, yes. maybe from a scientific point of view, but also from a, a point of view of, please, when you're looking at things, please remember that everyone has got an angle. Um, yes. Everyone's got a stance. Um, uh, something I was told by someone is you've got to remember when it comes to, especially things like gear and software, if someone's already bought something, they're already in a position of defense about that product. Reverse rationalizing. Yeah. They they bought it. They now want to stand by it because they don't want like an idiot for buying something. Mm-hmm. Now, they shouldn't have to feel that at all. And But I'm just saying that that's the mindset of thing. We are carrying on a bit from last week. It's still a mindset thing. It's still just be aware. Yeah. Um, use your noggins. Come on. Like, just use your brains. That's the punchline yeah, right yeah. there. Use your noggins. Yeah. So we'll go jump straight into it. Our first thing is analog, the truth. So the truth, the truth about analog. <laughs> so one of the things that we both get and we both discussed it before is people saying analog is better than digital. So, so when it comes to that, first of all. The first of all, it's like without. I mean, better isn't a very good word. Exactly. You know, like yeah. it's it's too subjective of a word. Um, however, if someone were to say, "An uh, analog is superior to digital," by that meaning, it was technically superior or of a higher fidelity so let's let's use the word fidelity because fidelity is like less subjective of a word because the fidelity of something is basically its bandwidth you know generally speaking yes you know for lack of a better word it's bandwidth and i'm using that as a general word um so obviously if someone um does had a blind test. Let's say someone was in a blind test scenario and you played them a song and you played them one version, which was quote unquote analog, yeah. whatever that means. 
and another version which was quote unquote digital, whatever that means. And everything else was the same. And if they, if the blind test returned a conclusion that they thought that the vinyl, uh, I didn't say vinyl, the analog one <laughs> sounded better, mm. then fine. Mm. That's better. Better is an opinion. Better is referring to the quality, the subjective. They thought it sounded better. Fine. Yeah. They, there are reasons they might have thought it sounded better. That's not what we're getting into. But they thought it sounded better. That's fine. Yeah. To say that um, analog is better, is superior to digital in any way, is false. Because, first of all, it's kind of apples and oranges. Second of all, it just plain ain't true. Like, I mean, even if you just look at dynamic range or signal signal to noise, even our most basic digital exactly. today is superior to yeah. to at least the vast majority mm. of analog. Absolutely. And I think it's really important thing you've, you've hit on there is um, it, what do we define better? So if we are defining uh, recorded sound um, with uh, things like signal to noise ratio, it, digital is far superior. Mm -hmm. Now, when we're talking about how it makes someone react to the audio. So, like, so a really common thing is everyone says analog sounds warmer. Now, again, what do you mean by warmer? It is this spiraling yeah. thing that goes out of control. And again, uh, it's, it's one of the things that people sort of pitch their tent in their camp and they go, right, I'm an analog person and I think analog's better because this, this, this and this. And then you have a digital people, oh, I think digital's better. So I'm going to yeah. say, and it just separates people when you go, no, it, it's, a, it's a mindset thing. Which one yeah. is better for you? Which one is better for your workflow? Which one is better for you with the production you're doing? All these other factors are far more important. Stop just relying on, oh, analog is better, digital is better. They both have yeah. their downsides. Yeah, They both have their upsides. And it's really interesting, like, um, they, there have been hundreds of tests, and, and if you Google analog versus digital listening tests, there's loads of videos and things that people have done. And, but they've done things like, played two digital files and played very low level pink noise or white noise below one of the files and have convinced people that that one was an analog file purely because of the uh, white noise introduced to it. And it happened to me at university and I was convinced that that was an analog file. And it's really interesting to see a whole, whole class of people go, oh, so what so we... they they literally just... Uh, sorry, they just threw in a low-level white noise yeah, signal. Yeah, it was a, it was a very low-level... I can't remember exactly what the exact parameters were. It might be something else as well, but it was a complete digital file that had been altered with digital tools to create a quote-unquote analogue sound. And yeah, sure. And when we were saying it was better, again, we again the, literally the lecturer said, right, hands up which one you preferred and, and sort of did a lot of that sort of thing. And when we came down to it, it was purely down to it. It wasn't better. It sounded different. Yes. When we, when we, when we broke it down, because that's another thing we should come on to in analog. People always say, oh, it sounds better. No, are you sure it just doesn't sound different? And again, yes. when, when, it, when you're mixing or mastering or doing production, you're listening to music over and over and over again. When a small change happens, your immediate reaction might be, oh, it's better. It might not be better. It may just be different to the thing you've been hearing for the last 50 times in a row. 
Yeah. And I feel that's something that happens with analog is someone will patch in like a an analog EQ and go, oh, it's made it's made the track sound better. Okay, yes, it may have done. I'm not gonna say it hasn't. What I'm gonna say is please be aware that a small change in level, down or up, or a slight widening of the stereo image or a, special, a, a little bump somewhere may not make it sound yeah. better. It will just change the tonality or the frequency response of a piece of music, and you may mm-hmm. can, you may can, you may perceive that as better. That, yeah, that's been... for, for in loudness bias as well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and that that's a bit of a tangent, but like that that whole idea of you need to be very clear with the language you use in audio, and yeah. actually, a lot of arguments and. <sighs> hundred post threads on Facebook where people get extremely heated can be down to one person just using the wrong adjective to describe something. Everyone's going, oh, whoa, well, no, that's, that's, that's wrong. And you go, no, no, it was just an opinion, just like, calm down, yeah, calm sure. down, bring it all down. So that's the analog truth. The digital truth is just the flip side. It People will go, oh, it's cold and sterile and plain and boring. And you're going, well... If you asked everyone in the 70s what they were trying to do with their tape machines, every engineer was going, oh, I was trying to get more signal to noise. I was trying to get the hiss off there. I was trying to, I wanted to record over and over and over and do overdubbings without degradation of sound quality. And I didn't want to have um, high end loss after 50 playbacks and all that sort of stuff. And they were yeah. constantly trying to find a more sterile, clean <laughs> sound. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah. It's just, I mean, I actually have more of an issue with digital being cold rather than analog being warm. Yeah. Digital being people saying digital is cold is it's not cold. It's it's just clean. Yes. It just it's just representing the signal that was recorded. Absolutely. Um it's not cold. It just isn't hasn't got harmonic distortion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's the absence of what people associate yeah. with analog rather than a reduction. Um, yeah, exactly. Mm. It it doesn't make your stuff sound cold. No. It was cold in the first place. It's just <laughs> shed, you know, it's just uh the the true representation of it. Yeah. And again, again it's it's all born out of a, it's all born out of bad situations. So people would say oh, the reason why analog sounded that's the reason why digital may have sounded cold to early digital adopters is because they were recording on really naff DA, um, sorry, AD converters into mm. computers and stuff. Yeah. And, and like, it was just one iteration of what digital was. And now, what digital is now in 2018 to what it was in, 20, uh, in 2008, let alone 98, like, it, it's incomparable, really. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, for me, the whole, the fact that there just even is an analog versus digital debate is just, um, so far missing the mark mm. um because what the hell is what, what what the hell is analog anyway what is digital yeah what are we talking about yeah. actually like wait what are we talking are we talking about on vinyl are we uh, on analog are we talking about vinyl are we talking about tape are we talking about um converters are we talking about microphones are we talking about uh speakers yeah because all of those things are analog, and for the most part, you still need all of those things, even in a quote unquote digital system. You know, the, the 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 best argument I've I've had with someone between the 
analog and digital where i've been on the side of analog for argument's sake is that i've said for me i like the workflow nothing to do with the sound or what yeah it was more i I was trying to the point of going oh if i'm dialing in a setting on a compressor i'm preferring doing that on a hardware unit like i I was trying to boil it down to something completely un-audio related almost and going, no, actually, if yeah. I'm going to make a massive stance on the ground, I'd probably say, mm, I might prefer analog workflow purely because of the ergonomics of it. Yeah. Maybe over and using a screen. Yeah. <laughs> that's a totally valid argument yeah. because, um, you know, that is what analog is effectively, mm. you know, for for a lot of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's like, so, but if you ask someone... Okay, so what do you actually mean? Do you mean uh, a digital recording versus a, a, an analog recording? Yeah. Are they the same recording? Were they recorded differently? Um, or do you mean just the digital sound versus the analog sound? Or do you mean, um, I don't know, or recording analog? You know, yeah. like, what what is... What, but when you boil down to it and you say, actually, what are you referring to? What's the context? A lot of people don't actually, they just think of analog and digital in their most mm. abstract senses. Well, so um, I have access to a tape machine and I can do things with tape and I occasionally get clients asking whether they can have things put on tape and I go, okay, that's fine, I can do that, but I want to have a discussion with you about what you are wanting from this process. Yeah, because what are your expectations? Yeah, because I'm going to go, it's not this magic tool that makes your track sound like a 1960s or 70s track it's not how it works it's just a way of getting a, a type of sound but it still it's still medium yes yeah, immediate but it still needs to have qualities before that that yeah. you're trying to create as well it's an enhancement tool it's a way of doing something it's not a magic oh if we go into an all analog studio and get it completely recorded mixed mastered all the way through then then cut direct to disc it will sound amazing well no um, and again, this all boils down to what we discuss in almost every podcast is, to be honest, all of this stuff is so percent, like tiny percents yeah, in relation to what you've got written down on your notebook for the song um, yeah, at the end exactly. of the day. Um, if you've recorded a really naff song full analogue, it's still going to be a really naff song, but just analogue recorded. Um, if, some, yeah. if some person in their bedroom makes a number one hit track on Ableton on a cheap laptop. So what? <laughs> like, come yeah. on. It, yeah. One person's got the song, one person hasn't. The the yeah. the way they do it is kind of irrelevant, really. So, Yeah, I mean, you know, that's why these discussions are just endlessly futile to an extent because yeah. well, um, not that people shouldn't have them, but it's that, you know, of course people should have them. Yeah. But when push comes to shove, it's the song it's the art it's not mm. the medium the medium no. is just so trivial like it's yeah. doesn't really matter i've had this conversation with people and they're like oh um does it have to go to like an analog mastering studio for it to be a hit and i'm like it's a hit yeah, before it regardless. goes yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. it's it's a hit when it was written down on you know with pen and paper completely that's a hit yeah you know it, it is not going to be a hit in the mastering studio it's not no. going to be a hit in the mix studio it's going to be a hit in the recording session mm. and yeah well this or is, even before then even before, yeah, yeah like, i mean this is why i wanted to get this bit out 
earlier on in the podcast. We, again, we we, <laughs> we we all draw a line under it, and and it's it's one of those things that we needed to for get now. through. And, and yeah, for now, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it'll come up again at some point. But, um, what on this what this uh, mastering centric audio <laughs> podcast? It will yeah. probably yeah. <laughs> come yeah. up. Two nerds <laughs> talking about audio. Come on, come on, we're gonna have to get into some arguments soon. Yeah, I don't want to disappoint people. Like, oh my god, they're they're only going to talk about this once. What kind of mastering podcast is this? <laughs> if enough people ask us to, we would do a a an hour long debate. Um, <laughs> and yes. to the first digital. Um, so right, we're getting into a bit more sort of nitty gritty of it. In the digital domain, we commonly see in in various groups and things about digital stair steps, a very okay. very common. Uh, myth in the Indeed. audio world um, and I, you have a great way of explaining it so I will well it's it's very simple um, it's it's just the stair step grid thing it's just something that people need to get out of their head because it just isn't true Yeah. anything within the bandwidth sample rate slash frequency wise and dynamic slash bit depth wise is captured and reproduced perfectly. Yeah. Inside digital. Just, it just is, it doesn't quantize against a grid. It's not the stair steps that you see. And to be honest, I don't even need to say any more than this because all anyone needs to do is go on sif.org, XI, uh, sorry, XIPH.org. Or just find the Chris Montgomery video where he explains this really, really well. That is absolutely perfect. And I've written down in the notes that that link will be in our show notes. Yeah. And I recommend everyone go and watch it. Um, it's one of those videos where you may watch it all the way through and go, what the hell was he talking about? Rewind it, play it again. It, it, it does, it, if you just focus yeah. on it, it does make sense. And it is, it's a really good way. It's very, it is very simply put across, but it's quite a lot of information, but it is absolutely brilliant. And he does some other videos as well. Um, yeah. So uh, in, in, indulge yourself on a few hours of checking out all his content because it is very good yeah. stuff. Just, um, to, just to summarise it, if I send a, uh, like a sine wave into a digital system mm. at 20 kilohertz... Uh, into a digital system at a sample rate of 44.1 kilohertz. I'll send it in and then I send it out again and I'll look at that wave after I, it's been digitized and then converted back to analog. I'll look at that waveform on an oscilloscope. It's still smooth. Yeah. It's not yeah. now, it's not pixelated. No. Okay, so that's what you need to get into your head. As long as... As long as the frequency of the content is within the bandwidth of the digital system, so for um, a forty-four point one system, that's basically anything up to twenty k. Yeah. Um, you know, and the maths is the same going upwards. It will go in clean and it will come out clean. Yeah. It's sim- as simple as that. Um, it doesn't come out of the other end looking like stair steps it's back to smooth yeah it's that simple and that's how chris uh, montgomery demonstrates it mm. and um and that's once you see it that's it you know it's it's yeah 
as simple as that. It, and uh, it's a proper scientific experiment. Yeah, it's not it's not a joke. It's not based on opinion. <clears throat> it's pure science. Exactly. And actually, that a lot of his videos are about being wholly scientific about and a, yes. a very holistic scientific approach to everything he sort of explains and tries to. I mean, even his own opinions, he sort of keeps aside and goes, "Well, this is just what's happening on my." Um, analyzed at the moment and that's what I'm showing you and so it's yep. it very good and that very neatly moves into sample rates um, oh sample rates Chris fun 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 everyone loves to talk about what sample rate they're using Chris at the moment what are you using like th this podcast using, is being recorded at 192 isn't it I'm using um, I'm using this new sample rate Chris all right yeah, I'm into megahertz now. Oh, awesome, man! Yeah, um, yeah. So you do. So basically, we're doing like um, bespoke sample rates for this podcast. Yeah, you have to buy a special are, piece yeah. of gear just to play yeah. back. Okay, that's cool. You... I had to build my own converters. Won't that alienate this podcast? Won't that alienate a lot, a lot of our listeners though? Yeah. Oh, that's the idea. Okay, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. There uh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Artisan podcasting Artisan for the non-masses. Audio solutions. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's like there's like there's like, there's like two blokes MIT has gone. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <Yeah>. Um, uh, <laughs> we make this podcast for ourselves more than anything, guys. Like, I, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Even if there's no one listening, we just we just carry on having this stupid conversation. Yeah. But seriously, that I I know. Okay, joking aside, there are people that have such. Oh, they are so close-minded about sample rates and have such a, oh, strong opinions about you have to use 96k if you're not using 96k it's not going to sound good and oh and you're going right okay again what do you mean by good and then what do you mean okay we're not, we're, we won't repeat all that from the, again all the stuff we talked about with the analog versus digital can apply to lots of these myths um you need it's just the language people use but the one thing i say about uh, sample rates and actually we'll link to another podcast um of a guy we both really respect ian shepherd who's a brilliant um episode Absolutely. on this and, and it's all about knowing the truth about sample rates over what manufacturers want you to know <laughs> so God. i know this is gonna this is gonna annoy a lot of people he has a really good test i think it's on the production advice website as well we can download files plug them into your door and you can find out whether your converters are actually good, again, good at playing back other sample rates. That test um, is on sift.org. So, okay. It's the, yeah, oh, it's the same, okay. it's the same test. We'll, uh, we'll make sure it's all linked, website. we'll make sure it's all linked below. But yeah, it, basically when you build a converter, you have to use filters and so I'm horrendously dumbing this down because I don't I don't want to get lost in the nerd yeah. world today. Basically, you can only build an a you can only build converters that are optimized for specific sample rates. Again, that's very yeah, dumbed down. Of the filters. Exactly. I mean, that's why converters can run in like multiple tens of thousands for like extreme yeah. high end because they are literally building specific filters for different sample rates, and it gets very complicated. But when you buy a cheaper, let's say, uh, AD converter that offers 96 or 192, the filters aren't as um, bespoke for that 
uh, sample rate, everything, and, and basically what you may be hearing is better when you're recording or playing back a 96. Yes. Is just something called intermodulation distortion. Yeah. It's not a higher fidelity playback. It is a quote-unquote um, distorted... A fold-back fold uh, distortion. Uh, yeah, but exactly. Fold-back distortion, yeah. And... The way to check that is to run this, uh, run these two files. Um, you should hear silence. If you can hear something when you change the sample rate in your system, is has, has a flaw in it. Now, I am not saying that people are listening who do this and find that their system doesn't. Oh, sorry, this is their system does have intermodulation distortion. You've got a problem. You don't. You one hundred percent don't have to change anything you're doing. Because in yeah. my opinion, and I'll say in my opinion. Record at whatever sample rate is best for you. If you have unlimited storage, please record at 192. But don't okay. complain to me when you're having serious issues with Pro Tools or whatever crashing and you can't yeah. run your session properly. Indeed, indeed. If you're going to run at 44, please carry on. Yeah. Nobody cares. I'll repeat yeah. that again. Nobody cares. The people that do care need to just get a life. <laughs> um, and again, okay, there are format things. So DVD, 48, CD, yeah. 44. Yeah. But again, this is all just like, if I was going to say to someone, what should you stick at? I would possibly say do 48 because you're ready for most platforms You'll do some SCR for um, sorry, some SRC for uh, CD if you're still going to do CD or upload some aggregators. But you're kind of like you you've got a 48 file. You're kind of future proof. Done. If you want to record 96, that's great as well because you're also future proofing for other high def services and things. But at the end of the day, think about your listeners. If you're doing a bespoke orchestral recording. Yeah, you might be able to sell lots to you might be able to sell lots of tracks on hdtracks.com. But sure. If you're an indie punk band, okay, you might have some listeners that want to buy HD tracks, but think about your market again. This again, yeah, yeah. all these factors which are completely unrelated to fidelity <laughs> are more important than the fidelity of sample rates, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um and on that, I just want to explain a couple of things um, about the, the things that we've been mentioning for people who don't necessarily uh, know what it means. So like the filters that we were referring to earlier, the anti-aliasing filters. So let's say I, I uh, let's say I have a signal uh, and it's going into a digital system. Now, let's say that signal has a frequency or a harmonic that is in excess of the bandwidth so it's it might be um i don't know like a 30k tone going into a 44.1 system yeah the the filter acts to filter out that content so it doesn't become distortion in the recorded in the recording mm. because that tone is in excess of the bandwidth of the medium which is in this example 44.1k 44.1k can or any sample rate can cleanly produce 
a signal up to just under half of its frequency, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like for 44.1, that's designed for like around 20K upwards, mm. uh, around 20K um, as a ceiling. Because um, if you don't filter the content going in, you will get fallback distortion, which will just result in a signal that is not what you expected. Um, now, the actually, I don't want to go. I don't want to go much further down this rabbit hole. I was going to so, say, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll try and. I mean, if, yeah. again, we will make this podcast if we want. If someone goes, we want to have a long podcast about this. We we will do a specific nerd. I mean, yeah, we want to do it. I mean, come on. This <laughs> 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 We're trying to we're trying to do some programming for people that we might want to listen to, but if, if people do want us to do yeah, a crazy yeah. nerd one, yeah, it's fine. But yeah. yeah, I think just, um, yeah, I think just basically keeping in the audio myths realm, it's just that thing of going when people say ninety six k is better. Again, just think about what they are meaning by that. Don't feel you have to do this. Just use what is best for you, best for your workflow what you yeah. can make, what allows you to make good music. That should be your also, number one priority. Also, don't... Um, if you if you are wondering of what is the right one for you, don't go to a Facebook group about it. Go to a, a professional mastering engineer about it mm. and have a conversation with them. Yeah. Like, the, the amount of times that I see posts on facebook groups and they're like oh what sample rate shall i use or what shall i do to do this i'm like this is conversation you should be having with your mastering engineer not just posting it to yeah to people on facebook yeah. and getting random opinions all of which are mostly just opinions and without experience yeah. um from people who are just on yeah. facebook i mean i'm not saying don't go on facebook and um ask questions that would be insane for me to say <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know yeah. as a as a facebook group admin of you know a few times over but yeah. um <laughs> but, no, but, yeah, but it's true though like so um i get projects all the time at 96k which i still find bizarre but i i was looking at a project earlier this year where it, it being at 96k was part of this guy's production it was ingrained in what we were doing it's a very specific yeah. piece of music, but he was doing it because it it was part of what he was trying to achieve. It was it wasn't just like a whim. Oh yeah, well yeah, nine, yeah, we'll do nine, nine, nine six, eighty eight. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. He really thought no, we're doing nine six k. This is what's happening. Yeah. I am. It's been going. On, it's going on a high fidelity label. It's I'm always. He would very. He's very uh, organized about what they were doing. But then I'll get like another track through at 96k and I'm like, so what formats do you need? Oh, it's going on through CD Baby onto Spotify and iTunes. So I'm like, okay, well, I've got to make it. I've got to do all my conversion stuff down now anyway. So it's like, yeah. And again, people can argue about the fidelity. It's still, sure. there's this whole ring of people saying, if you're still going to 44, you can record 96 convert it down to 44 and that 44 is going to be better than just recording at 44 and i have huge underlying issues with that there's no good reason for that no, to be the case exactly and and, and that, again that's yeah it's again not yeah that doesn't really make sense i know and it's just but again i see a lot of again a lot of those 
things floating around the internet. I'm just going, look, don't get sucked into it. Just yeah. do what you need to do to make good music. Right. There's Yeah, there's no good reason that would be the case yeah. why the, uh, you know, converted, you know, it, it, it doesn't really come from that. Uh, that is just a sort of, that only makes sense in abstract thinking. It doesn't actually make sense in exactly. science. Yeah. And, you know, and... like it it sounds like the sort of thing that could make sense. And that's why it's such people it's, in. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Because it's just yeah. yeah, it probably does, because why you know, but it just yeah. there's no technical reason. I suppose at the end of the, the day, because it's so easy to do all this, people again, it's so easy to do all these things, no one really should pay much attention to it and just get on yeah. with it. <laughs> Also, I mean, also the the only the only other variable, however, in this is like qualities of sample rate version does differ. Absolutely. In terms of in terms of <clears throat> um, different software packages and stuff <clears throat> like that, um, there's definitely a good online tool for this that we'll drop in the link yep. in the notes, um, just to tell you how cleanly your door uh, or your software of choice mm. uh, convert sample rate. It's a very easy way to visualize that. Um, but again, team up with your, I mean, know the context of what you're recording and mixing and mastering, but also partner up. This is another, another of a myriad of reasons where you should partner up with your engineers early and start working together as opposed to trying to figure it all, all out yourself and then going to a mastering engineer later and where the mastering engineer could have been more helpful to you earlier in the project that's really, really good advice chris i think that that is that is a really good bit of information to go to people is again have a conversation with with the person that ultimately is going to be bo- going to be bothered by this if at all yeah um, yeah not some random on the internet yeah indeed I, I, unless you care about the uh, opinions of random people um, a lot of us do a lot of us don't <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i just need validation chris yeah you know i i'll just i'll be like do you like me? And they'll be like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, thank God. But my converter only sounds good if other people think it sounds good. Yeah. Like, that is the premise of converter shame. It even says like on some gear websites, like, please remember that this converter will sound best in front of 10 of your best mates <laughs> if they're all nodding. <laughs> the more nodding, the yeah. better the audio is. Yeah. Make that high end. Make that high, high end, end, mate. Oh, that high end, mate. Oh, That fallback distortion, mate. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, that. Uh, oh, listen to that aliasing. Oh. 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 <laughs> Why do we always go into that voice when we want to? It's, it's, it's very much like Alan Partridge, isn't it? It's like, oh, do you when, know what? If, if they did a spin off series, if they did a spin off series of Alan Partridge at Recording Studio, I would personally <laughs> fund that. I'd personally oh, fund that. Graphic equalizer. <laughs> 11, Carry on. 11.76. Oh. <laughs> Lynn, Lynn. Check out that Brocasty reverb. <laughs> Sorry. We just alienated another massive section of people. That no don't. one's listening, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Again, oh, something oh, more controversial. Uh-oh. Vinyl and tape. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, oh no. Oh, Wait, okay, okay well, I think yeah. we should visit this one f- for maybe 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only 10 I'm minutes? Now, I'm, I'm going to be really quick. Basically, uh, 
Vinyl is not high fidelity playback medium. It's not indeed. No. Sorry, Chris, can you hear that? That's the sound of loads of people screaming, lobbing their turntables out the window, just crying <laughs> on the floor, rocking of all the money they spent. And yeah. I'll disclaimer: I'm a I'm a vinyl snob. I am sat. I turn around. I can see my very nice Rega turntable there. Um, Grado cartridges. Loads of vinyl, lots of wasted money on music I've already bought three times before. But I like it because of what it means to me and the uh, the experience of vinyl. Sure. It is not <clears throat> superior to the CD version I have also. Now, rabbit, just found the rabbit hole, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I just found the rabbit hole. Yeah. I'm going to have to ask you to... Pause for a sec. Absolutely. Because, um, that kind of depends on the mastering process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I shouldn't do this. Okay. So, however, if it was mastered for CD and was, oh, sorry, I didn't say mastered for CD. Let's say it was mastered onto CD. For loudness wars. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Versus the version that they didn't do that for because it was a vinyl release. Mm. That's where things get even more confusing because anyone would think if they played them back at the same same loudness that the vinyl one was better, but only because not because it's better, not because vinyl's better, but what they did to the CD master was bad. No, absolutely. And actually, I will quantify my previous statement. I'm assuming that the vinyl I've got and the CD I've got were both uh, printed the from the same master. Yeah. No, what you've hit on is absolutely one of the reasons why people have this view of vinyl. They're like, oh, it's much better than CD. And you go, well, no, it's, it, it's to do with how the limitations of vinyl are great at making people make good decisions in the mastering process. Yes. Yeah. So that is that's one that that's the one side of it. But the other side is is it's got horrendous well no, not horrendous. It has less signal to noise ratio than a CD. You've also got all yes. the sorts of problems that like I can't remember all the details, but when the angle of the tone arm, unless you have a tone arm that adjusts the angle as it goes in, you lose, uh, I can't remember if it's, oh, come on, Chris. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I, I what, I need to do, what we should do, we should do a specific episode on vinyl and just just do it for that one person who sat there holding his like, Dark Side of the Moon album like with, with, with glee. Sat, oh, they're doing a vinyl episode. Yay! He, there, there are, there are, I know who that guy is, and there's actually two of them, yeah. um, and they are talking on this podcast oh, as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> We've definitely lost all this now. Just, this, this podcast let, is we're, done. We're, we might we're as well already, just do we're, we already we're already headlong into it. So, but like, again, like so, when you, when you're like two inches in from the center, you, you're there's a slope sure. down at 16k. Like, it, there are lots of. Um, there are lots of restricting factors on vinyl, so it, it is not a high fidelity playback system. But for some people, it is the best playback system sonically for their like perception Subjective. of music. Yeah, 
for se- yeah their brain yeah like and I, the subjective yeah and one of those people is me I love the sound of vinyl yeah I um yeah I I, I will happily just stick on a record love it I love the the feeling of vinyl I love sitting there with the album artwork I like reading all the stuff inside it's a it's an experience for me. And I think some people with their opinions of the sound of vinyl get too immersed in in that and they bring that over to the science side and mm. try and bolster their scientific approach with that opinion. And and again, all this like HD vinyl stuff and, and I need to read more into it about what they actually mean when they're saying HD vinyl. And if we do do an episode on vinyl, I will promise I'll do my research for that and find out exactly what they mean by HD vinyl. I'm, um, I, I kind of when I whenever I hear HD or HQ in audio, I'm like, what is this? Yeah, I don't. You know, I'm 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 like immediately sceptical. I've, I've got a feeling that actually the AES standard for what HD means is just forty eight twenty four bit. I've got a feeling I'm not that's sure. the and but but again, it's not like a an official standard for every single place. It's just what well, I think the AES have decided we we, we yeah. will call. Um, just to standardise. Yeah. yeah. But, but again, so again, so with vinyl, just, yeah, I'm sorry to bust everyone's bubble over this, but again, um, there's uh, Ian Shepard's podcast doing another great episode about this and they go into a bit more of a tangent on it because again, um, it, well, I think every music podcast has tangents all over the place because that's what happens in music but again yeah. they, they they do get on that and, and i think it's a really interesting thing of people that love vinyl who accept this it doesn't it doesn't remove any of the enjoyment i get from it i yeah. just understand the formats and i understand what's possible yeah. physically with that medium yeah and um, it's it's the difference between what you know to be true and what is also but on the other side what is just what you like yeah you know, and, and again, as you said, vinyl can sound better, quote, but like because of the way it was mastered, because of yeah, the but also because you just like you like it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, again, doesn't. Yeah, it's the same. Doesn't, what what is technically superior doesn't correlate necessarily with what is what you like more or like less. You know, a great example of that, which I don't understand, is this resurgence in cassette tapes. I. Ah, that's that's nothing to do with audio. <laughs> that's just pure I, hipster. Again, I like cassettes because for me, as a child, that is still my mass music medium. Like, yeah. it was the first thing. I, I, I'm pre-CD generation. I, I remember, God, it's going to make me sound old now, going to HMV and buying cassettes. <laughs> yeah. Which is like a, yeah. a thing which you can't even think about now, can you? People just younger of than us, not that any of them are listening to this podcast, <laughs> won't won't know about that because mm. we were at the tail end of that ourselves. I think. I think we we are a, we are the digital generation, but our basis of technology is still in analog world. Yeah, I remember being shouted at by my sister for not rewinding a VHS tape. I mean, that's that that is a sibling <laughs> thing which doesn't occur yeah. anymore. Um, but yes, yeah, so uh-huh. again with the with with the cassette tape thing, it's like. I, I struggle with that because for me it really is a it, it didn't sound good to me like it just doesn't um yeah I'm not, yeah I'm not gonna but again as you said it's a 
hipster thing. Like if if it's appealing to a group of people, then fine. I don't care if yeah. good music if good music is getting into the hands of people, then we're happy. Yeah. Um. And and, and again, like fact, opinion, facts. Yeah, it's quite a naff playback medium, but opinion. You might love that sound. Yeah, then it's good. Absolutely. Yeah. This nicely segues into probably the worst group of people for talking about audio more than engineers is hi-fi snobs. <laughs> uh, the the audio files, yeah, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, the, uh, yeah. yeah. More money than sense, I think, is yes. uh, quite often used for this. And again, not audio files like that. As mastering engineers, we are both audiophiles. We like good sound. We want to make the best sound we can. We appreciate good sound. However, I don't spend 20 grand on copper going between my amps and my speakers. (laughs) Yeah, but that's that's because that that market, it's just... um... It's build it and they will come mentality, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a lot of it's actually just... uh... It's not for me. That's no different to people comparing what cars they bought. Yeah, purely on aesthetics and uh, stuff like that. Now again, know. we will quantify this. Yes, there are differences between cables. Some people can hear cable tone. I can hear cable tone on some sets. I have been in studios and I've done A B testing, and I think I can hear something. However, I am not 100% confident in that. It's just what I heard yeah. that day in that setup, on that music, with those cables, with that speaker, with that amp. Yeah. And the reason why I just did that list is to show you the amount of factors in that Indeed. situation. So it's really not a good test. It's like yeah. going and doing a medical trial and giving 50 people all a different pill and trying to correlate some idea about the medicine between that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different gauges of copper wire will make differences because we're talking purely electronics. We're talking about resistance, um, resistance and impedance. And there are factors. Things do change. However, for me, there is a limit. And the limit is cost to improvement. Yeah. Now... If someone would like to come and give me money to outfit my entire Martin studio with the most expensive cables, please contact me. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't need to go out and refit my cable runs with custom cables. Indeed. Indeed. And don't let anyone tell you that the difference is better for you. Yeah. If you think it's better for you and you've got the money to do it, please go ahead. There are many audio companies which I cannot wait to have a conversation with you about your, about your bank details. <laughs> about specifically <laughs> yeah. your what bank details. What is your sort code? <laughs> credit card number, yeah. <clears throat> and, and, and again, like, it's, again, there are people who are going to get annoyed because they've bought stuff. Don't get annoyed. Yeah. Just learn the facts. Learn what Indeed. is real. Learn what will help you. Learn what is useful, and then you Indeed. won't have a problem. If you have access to this stuff, fine. We're not telling you to go and sell your cables, but 
please remember that there have been blind tests with with coat hangers. And some <laughs> companies have been made to look very stupid. <laughs> and it's not a problem. It's not their fault. It's not the listener's fault. It's just a marketing price thing. Don't worry about it. Like, if you can hear a difference, again, this is the thing. Placebo effect is a real thing. Yeah. It's been proven as a real thing with drug trials and people have been given painkillers that were sugar pills have said they have felt pain leave them. You cannot tell them they are wrong. You can't tell someone that their pain's gone. Yeah, the same with this music stuff. If I'm sat in my studio and you're sat with me and I go, this, that's got too much top end on it. And you go, no, I think, it's, I think the top end's fine. Neither of us are wrong. And neither of us are right. It's just what you're hearing. I can't take your ears, put them into, wire them into my brain. And then if we could, then we could solve a lot of audio problems. Imagine that though. Imagine we could do that. Imagine not like ears like coming off and stuff because that's messy, but like some interfacing between yeah. brains. But you I, know. I could really find <clears> out <throat> whether that person is hearing cable tone or I could find out in that test if I was hearing cable tone or was I hearing the hum of a piece of gear that was at the right frequency that was enhancing something in that music. That, that, sound, that sounds stupid, but it could be something like that. Yeah, you, no, it's, it's just ridiculous, it's just... isn't it? When we're, we're talking about half a percent here in audio improvement. I'm just laughing because it's just it's the fact that cable tone is even a thing that people I know. I know. Um, want to discuss. I was, annoyed. I was annoyed that I could hear it. That, that shows yeah. you my stance on this. I was like, oh, I was really hoping I didn't hear anything with that. But I'm open enough to be proved wrong. And actually, I'm fine with that. But I want more testing. If I didn't have to do a job, I would just be spending my entire time sat on the floor of my studio, not taking any clients working, patching cables in with my head in like the tweeters trying to hear. I, I love this stuff, but I've got clients to work for and yeah, <laughs> money yeah. to earn. But it's true. Like it's really down to, we just need to figure out what is, what you're hearing. Can you hear it? Trying to eliminate all the things which may be fooling you. And if you can still hear it, then go with it. The, um, <clears throat> You know, in terms of, you know, discussions about things like cable tone, you know, you'd think that these people weren't aware that of their own mortality. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> No one's listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, I'm so god. sorry. <clears throat> please, please <laughs> carry on. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's it's just. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> how long have we been, How long have we been talking about this subject? Look, guys, look, just go to your nearest hi-fi dealer and just give them, give them your credit card and buy all the cables. Yeah. Like, just buy all the cables, mate. Yeah. Just buy the prettiest, most expensive ones. 
But again, people have joked about stuff like this, and I, um, I'm sure people have seen these audio mean about 20 years' time, some hipster engineers going, mate, I only use USB 1 converters. Artisan like, USB 1 converters. I don't use USB 2 <laughs> because actually USB 1, you get that, you get that early digital sound. Y- yeah. Now. That fair trade, that organic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Free sound. Mate, you know? gluten free audio is just. Mate. Gluten free audio. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's actually a thing. Um, Glaudio. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. Gluten free audio. Glaudio. Hashtag it, guys. Let's get, let's get it trending. <sighs> let's get this um, hashtag right. <laughs> but, like, that, that whole joke is a joke, but it's not so removed <laughs> from things I can hear people talking about in the future, which no, really worries me. People talk to when we move into digital cables, I have a really difficult scientific problem with that. Um, well, well, I mean, you know, it's not like it's not like when you email me a Microsoft Word document, does that Microsoft Word document change over the the course of transmission? It's not like it's not like I receive it on the other end Mm. and the E has just turned into a B or something, you know, or like. It's warmer. The, the argument everyone brings up, like, oh, but it's power issues between buses. Again, I've done uh, schooling in computing. I'm not a complete computer wizard, but I know enough to get by. Yeah, that, that's a valid argument. Um, uh, powered buses and things do make differences in circuitry. And, and there, are, there, there are things which are contributing factors, but it's so, it's so deep-rooted science with things that you have to go down, I'm like, I'm sorry, I haven't got time. I've got to do work. Mm. I've got to make music. I've got to get on with my life. And it really is. I go, I, I sit on the edge of these arguments and go, do you know what? I just don't have the time for this. I would love to do all the research. I'd love to find out if there's a difference between digital cables, but actually at the moment in time, I just got more important things to do. But I mean, if I knew I was going to live to 500 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I'd probably spend more time on these, mm. on these yeah. conversations, these discussions, like on on, you know, audio forums that I'm not going to name right now. But you know, when, and because like our pers- our perspective that we bring to these arguments, which is not the perspective that keyboard warriors have, is the fact that we're actually working professionals and time is of the essence at yeah. the end of the day and again it's different um, because both of you both of you and me set aside time to partake in groups and yeah and emails because we we want to help people and it's yeah. not a thing of us sitting on a cloud doling out this information to people i want to make people make better music yeah and if i can say to them look don't worry about this stuff you 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 carry on in your studio with your guitar and your amp or your yeah. keyboard. I want you to be doing that. I, I want to remove this argument from your brain yeah. so you can yeah. make good music. Again, you said that's what keyboard warriors want to suck you in and have a massive yeah. conversation. And then what they'll do is most keyboard warriors will argue with you until they are one step ahead of you in some science facts. And then they'll just go, see, I've won. I've won. They, they, they will fight to the end of your reach of knowledge and then just stop. And they might be one more knowledge point ahead of you, and then they would fall apart, but they don't care. But no, no one's music is better for it. No, exactly. Yeah. You know, no one, it's not constructive. There's mm. no output of this. 
absolutely you know, and the stuff so again move on to the next thing acoustics oh i've a real so, yeah such a big one i just <laughs> I, I don't want to again these are all things which i don't want to make anyone's life problem but the foam panels that are like half an inch thick with the egg box effect on them gluing them to your walls is not acoustic treatment um no. i'm afraid to say guys like um well I'll, I'll tell you where where people struggle with acoustic treatment mm. it's not so much what they buy where they pull it or you know or what they build or whatever is lack of understanding of the problem they're actually trying to solve yeah and again so i'll quantify that with this, the tiles the tiles will help those foam tiles will deaden sound they can help small problems they can yeah. they can look very nice on your wall and it was only when i really got into acoustics that i went because I, when i built my my studio i spent a lot of time reading into it because i'm a, a nerd and i love to find out this stuff i like to do things myself it's very you you can't just buy something and go oh this will work for my room you need to do everything in the context of your room and your space yeah and, exactly and for most people's spaces those tiles don't do the things they think they're doing yeah i mean at, at the end of the day your room is an equation and you're trying to you're trying to get that equation to output a certain number. Yeah. The, you know, and so at the end of the day, if every room has its own different equation, you need to bring different variables mm. into different rooms in order for them all to output to the same yeah. number. You know, like if you can't just go in and throw in panels, base traps and foam tiles without knowing you know what the problems are yeah because you're you can actually make some problems worse uh, by I did. just because you added treatment yeah doesn't mean it's better i, I uh so you know? i moved all the panels in my room now and not in the place they were originally yeah i moved things around um when i uh my my speakers are on concrete stands that i made when i when those were added because i had to wait for them i had to sort of is how it decide what I was going to do with everything, all the heights and yeah. tweeters. Once the tweeters are raised up, I said move and adjustment. It's all, it's you're basically, as you said, it's an equation and you spend your entire life balancing it and trying to make Indeed. this number. And for most people, you can't do that because they're limited to the room, what you can do in the room. But I would just say, please don't just say, oh, I've got tiles in my room. Chris has said they don't work, rip them off. I'm not saying that, I'm just saying you. Don't go, oh, that problem's sorted. Um, yeah. But it may be sorted for the level you want to go to. And that's fine. Yeah. That's not a problem. But don't don't go, oh, I put, some, I put a few tiles on the ceiling and the back wall, oh, it's done. If yeah. you want to go further with it, then read, 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 read about it. Talk to one of us about it. Um, and, and, and measure. And measure, like, yeah. Yeah, you need, to know, you need to know two things. What the goal is, and where you are right now. Absolutely. And the, the gap between the two is you solving the problem, that your unique problem that no one can tell you just by saying you need X amount of base traps and blah, blah, blah. Without them actually coming into the room and measuring it mm. and understanding your goals, they can't give you advice. It's that simple. Completely. And I mean, you know, 
the best thing to do is just know what you're trying to get to and measure. Mm. Um, there are different ways to measure. I mean, the more kind of DIY, more layman ways to measure it are, for example, you know, ways I've done this before is playing sine waves or even like bass tones chromatically on the keyboard to see what um, notes null out or what resonances you might find which equate to modes. Even with that information, you're like, okay, cool, that's a frequency. Mm. That frequency I need to solve inside my space. Then you can work backwards into, you know, why that mode is happening, where it's happening, and what treatment you need in those areas to minimize that problem. Mm. Because actually you can only minimize it as well. You can't necessarily yeah. have a perfect room. Um, and it's not necessarily what you're after either. You're not trying to kill yeah. the dynamic, uh, the, the, the uh, reflections. You're not yeah. trying to kill the liveliness of the room in terms of monitoring. Again, you're actually just trying to balance it. Yeah, you know, uh, a mix engineer might come into my room and go, "Oh, I can't mix in here. It's dead." Or it's because yeah. kind of, again, my room designed to have no sound. Blah, blah blah. It's meant to be flat. That's not that's not maybe what everyone wants. If you're if you're in a tracking room, you may want loads of pop, loads of light. You want you want some slap back. You want some. Yeah. You want that. You want nice decay in the room. I mean, again, this is all. All subjective, all what you want, but I'm just yeah. we're just again this is myth busting. We're just saying phone panels in nice pretty patterns on your wall may not help. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and again, it's a. I would argue that the whole phone panel thing is a really cool marketing way that a lot of audio companies make some money by sell by selling twenty five panels at a couple of quid a pop people yeah and they probably make they probably cost pennies to make. yeah exactly and then they're just they're just fine yeah. and, and then then they, mm. they know that it'll come back i mean again there are loads of websites that you can go on and find out how to build your own panels out of uh rock wall installation that's what i did um measure it find out what you need cut it down there are loads of diy shops uh, here in the uk there are we've got so many diy shops that you can buy all this material for for very, very relatively cheap prices. I mean, again, go as far as you want. Build two panels, build four. Go crazy like me and build hundreds. Like, just, yeah, build what you need um, and, and move it around. Learn. And if any learn, if learn any, um, if any acoustic phone manufacturers do want to get in touch about sponsorship, um, oh, of course, yeah. Sponsorship phone. Yeah. Is it Unlock your phone. Yep, unlockyourphone.com. Dot vocals. <laughs> no 50 hertz here, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, so it's not as simple as just throwing in no. some foam, for sure. Um, measure the problem. And in terms of tools for measuring, um, get a reference mic and use Room EQ Wizard. There's also Sonarworks, yeah. other solutions like that. Room EQ Wizard's easy enough to set yep. up and get going and Rumi key wizard is a program where you can use it very simply or you can completely nerd out and go full sort of full nerd full nerd again that's yeah. that is our tagline for this podcast yeah. full nerd and and knowing what the problem is is 50 percent. like measuring it and knowing what the problem is is the, the rest is actually a lot easier yeah you know after that it's just actually knowing what the problem is. And actually are. have fun with it, guys. Like 
I learned so much about my monitoring. I it was it was really cool. Like I enjoy expanding my knowledge base and skills and doing a. I'm I am nowhere an acoustician. However, if someone mm -hmm. said to me, "Oh, Chris, could you help me design my room?" I would be like, "Yeah, okay, I'll give you a hand." Yeah, yeah, I'm, sure. I know a bit now. I can help you with you. I can give you. I can give you the. I can give you all the mistakes I made, so you don't have to make those same mistakes. And and they and there you go. So. Right, something which I know you love, Chris. One of your most favourite topics. Midside, some difference. Midside, some difference. Is there some difference between midside or side difference to nice. midside? Nice. Or is there that some or is there some mid difference to some some side? That is How haven't I thought of that before? God. That was that was so good. You can have that one for free, yeah, it's fine. Nice one. Yeah. Um okay, so mid side isn't. Um and what I mean by that is Mid is not the centre of the image. Just, the I side. think you sleep with there. Midside just isn't. Yeah, it's fine. Midside yeah, just mid isn't. Yeah, midside just yeah. isn't. It's not midside, it's some difference. Mm. Um, so, because a lot of people, even some plugin manufacturers will have you believe, we, oh, the mid is where you're controlling the centre of the image, oh, which isn't true. Yeah. Should, we, should we say and what midside is first? It's a miking technique. It's a miking technique, and it's, it's a miking technique... It's also a, a post-production process. However, some difference is a post-production process and it kind of uses mid-side kind of as a borrowed term mm. from the mic and technique. Um, they're not two completely different things because in terms of the signals, uh, you know, the actual matrix of signals, it, it, it does add up to the same thing in, internally. Um, but... Uh, Midside is a is a is a mic and technique used to capture a stereo image, um, but uh, and to give you control in the mixing process between, you know, a more narrow image via the mid channel or a uh, or a wider image by simply pushing up the fader of the side channel, the difference channel. Um, do you wanna do you wanna say any more to that? No, I think that's fine. All right, cool. I... So, but in post production, what we you know the stuff that we talk about in mixing and mastering is the mid channel. This is really simple, actually, when you actually know how it works. The mid channel, which we're now now going to call the sum channel because that's what it is, is the left the left channel plus the right channel. So simple as that. So if you apply processing to the mid channel, which is the sum channel, which is left plus right, you are applying that process to both the left channel and the right channel. Hmm. Side, um, better known as difference, is left minus right. It's the stuff that's different between the two. Hmm. It's the same as taking the left channel, like imagine inside your digital audio workstation, you had a stereo file, and you flip the polarity of one of the channels, what you're left with, or what it what it what you're left with after it cancels out everything that was the same between the two is the difference. Yeah. That's what this stuff is. A lot of the content inside the difference channel will be stuff that's either really, really hard panned, or the difference between its 
presence in one channel and another. And often you'll find reflections and stuff like that. Things that bounce around the stereo stage, um, things that behave in a stereo fashion, you will find them in that channel. Mm. If you simply boost that channel, you will find yourself with a wider image because you're increasing the volume of stuff that's different between left and right. If you decrease that channel, leaving only the mid-channel, you have monoed the mix because mm. you've removed all differences and you've monoed the mix. Um, it's that simple. So now common benefits or common use cases for mid-side processing are monoing the bass. So those plugins that mono the bass for you, all they do is apply a high-pass filter on the side channel, the difference channel. Mm. So that anything below that cutoff frequency um, is the difference is being removed between those two channels, resulting in a sum slash mono image. So, so the stereo yeah. information of that yes. channel has been either reduced or cut completely, depending on where, where, yeah. you've, where you've moved your high pass to. Mid, mid side processing is just another form of stereo processing. It's not better or worse than normal stereo processing it's just an mm. something it's just a tool in our toolbox another reason i use it sometimes is um you know because there's some stereo information there and i just want a bit more if i want it to be yeah. a bit wider or bring out some of the reflections in the mastering stage i could do that by either doing a full band increase on the side channel or like a specific uh you know band in my eq or whatever mm. But that's all it is. It's not the center versus sides. It's some yeah. versus difference. I think, again... It's that simple. I think that is an absolute perfect description, Chris. And we should probably edit that and make that a soundbite that we can just have as a, as a separate... Because it it's not really a myth. We, we added this in because it's something we've both seen before and you've commented on before that actually it's not... When people are talking about it, it's not completely accurate. And it's not really an issue. It's just it can cause some confusion between people. And it's another thing where oh, people love to trip you up on it when you use the wrong term. And it, yes. if, if anything, we're just giving you a shield to some keyboard warriors with too much time to spare. To... Yeah. Actually, I think you find Actually, you mean some difference. Um, oh, yes. I'm that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're that guy. <laughs> yeah. Defend you. I'm not not that guy. Yeah. I am that guy. You are that guy. Um, hi. <laughs> I'm that guy. Hi, my name's Chris, and I have a problem uh, with some difference. Yeah, actually, uh, it's some difference. It's not actually mid-side, actually. Why do we do that voice for? I don't know why. It's, like, it's that, natural, that natural thing. Thomas and I do it all the time. It's, you know, it's sometimes like... We might get it from like YouTube comments or, um, or you know, or co comments of courses or something. And you know, someone might say, "Oh, what about this?" And I'm like, "Actually, it's this and this and <laughs> so this." Actually, you have actually. to start with the word "actually." Actually, or, I think you'll find. Um. Uh, I think you'll find actually, <laughs> uh, for what it's worth, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but so I think we'll we'll tie up here unless unless you've got anything. You want to add any other audio myths that have sprung to your mind in the last hour or so? If there's anything, mm, I've got 
I've got things I could talk about, but I think we could continue this um, topic into uh, next episode or episodes after yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's, there's, I think, um, you know, I think a lot of this podcast is going to be about clarity of thinking and, you know, filtering out. No, don't have a pun for that. Not yet. But um, filtering out all of the noise. Oh God, there's something in that, surely. Filtering out noise. Hmm. Yeah. There's one there, but you can't think of it. I can't. Yeah, I'll have to come back to you. But yeah, filtering out all of yeah. the noise, you know, yeah. using RX on your yeah. you need to use a information so- situation or something. Either way, if you're listening, and you run our plugins, social RX, a social RX filter... <laughs> You, it's you can a Chrome plugin. A Chrome plugin that can sit on top of Facebook, and when you when you're about to type a snarky comment, it goes, "Are you sure you want to do that?" Yeah, yeah. Or a little thing saying, "This this person has four flags on his name for making lewd comments on Facebook." Please <laughs> consider this podcast your denoiser of information. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, we might get people say, "Oh, actually, I don't agree with what you and Chris said." That's fine. Like again, we kept saying. Do your own research. At the end of the day, yeah. I can't tell you you're not hearing something. In the same way, you can't tell me that I'm not hearing something. Although I am. So just basically, we want to get a mindset going of just have more faith in yourself. Yeah. Don't always believe that what other people are saying is true or that they are in a position to be giving information that way. Um, I'm I'm happy to be wrong. Yeah, you know I'm totally happy to be wrong. I think that is as long as I'm learning. To, yeah, that's what it comes down to. If you're happy to be wrong, then you're a scientist. Yeah. Um, if you're not happy to be wrong, then well, you've the, well, it's irrelevant because you can't argue with them. Because then you boom, done. that is a soundbite right there. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that's a good one. Yeah. A couple of sound bites in there. Awesome. Uh, well uh, thanks for coming on today Chris and uh, we'll see you in the next episode thank you for everyone listening yep thanks guys cheers and um, we'll be posting this onto all of the audio file uh, forums (laughs) I think like Bowers and Wilkins forums what hi-fi forums oh yeah I'm sure they're they're gonna love this stuff you know basically I was telling them that you know they're all wrong. And you mean I bought a ten grand connector and it's not worth the money I paid for it? Ah, oh. actually, <laughs> actually, is it gold plated? Oh, <laughs> gold plated. Gold plated. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. This is this is like I'm not sure. I think we 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 definitely hit a new low for this podcast with our nerd speech and just yeah being alienating. But I'm. If we if we're making like two or three people laugh, then I'm happy. So yeah, no problem at all. I can find two or three people. Yeah, I'm sure so I can. Yeah, and can pay some people might, to listen to the podcast. Yeah, you might laugh at this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you if if you want to, you can message either me or or um or Chris with a photo of yourself laughing, um at the podcast. That would be that would be absolutely fantastic. We will. Uh, I do need that validation. Yeah. We need that validation. No. Remember, guys, your converters are not worth anything unless someone else tells you they're good. 
Indeed. Indeed. (laughs) What you need to do is to know, you need to buy the converter first and then you need to Google why this converter is good. Yes. And because converter shame, guys, is a real thing. Yeah. And, you know, um, if you have problems with converter shame, then, then we can totally align with that. Um, if any of the issues around converter shame, uh, you know, two and a half thousand engineers a week have converter shame. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. Think it's real. It's, it's, it's real. A real. It's a real affliction, man. Like, it's... so, donate, please donate. Um, people are to the s- cause. People are sat hiding their converters under blankets, only yeah. getting them out whenever they need to. Like windows shut, blinds down. I think on that Indeed. very dark, depressing note, we will end the podcast here. Um, if anyone with Converter Shame would like to get in touch, please uh, please do. Um, Converter Shame. There is help out there for you. Anonymous <laughs> at unlockyoursound.com. <laughs> Brilliant. My name's Chris Cavallio, <laughs> and I, I have Converter Shame. <laughs> thank I'm you, so, Chris, thank you. Sometimes I don't even... I can't even let people come into my studio because I don't want them to see what converters I use. <laughs> because, because otherwise they won't take me seriously. If I don't have, if I don't have the really expensive converters, mate. You know, just yeah. Ben. I spray painted, I spray painted my Focusrite Sapphire so it wasn't the, the same red metallic finish. That is conv- ah, that is often associated no. with budget converters. But then you can say it's modded. There you go, see? Oh, mate, now you say I've got modded converters and no one actually knows what they mean when they say modded converters. Yeah, because that makes you sound like legit. Yeah. If you can say it's modded, then... It, ooh. Mate. I modded my converters. Yeah. Converter mod. Yeah. I changed oh, the- converter modding is the solution to converter shame. Yeah. That I, what you do is you you just you take a, a converter, you spray paint it so it looks different, and then you say it's modded. This technically is modded. Pimp my converters. It's Pimp a new my... it's a new MTV program that just hasn't been thought of, Chris. It's definitely a gap in the market. <laughs> Pimp my converters. <laughs> That's a thing. Right, hashtag Pimp my converters. I want to see everyone on Twitter. Posting posting photos of their converters. Yeah. Sorted. This is the worst podcast ever. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Unlock Your Sound Podcast with me, Chris Pavey, and... And myself, Christopher Cavallio, and thank you for obliging us. And we're sorry we've wasted so much of your time. (laughs) You know, yeah. I think we just fade out there. Yeah, I think we just, just fade, fade out. Black. Fade it out, man. <laughs> cool. Well, uh... <laughs> this is so bad. This is ridiculous. We're gonna have to do like some deleted scenes or something. I like, think what I'm gonna do is I'm content. gonna. What I'm gonna do is, um, if we can re-end that, I will put this end before our descent into madness and have that afterwards. That makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. Sound, it needs yeah. it needs curating. So I think if, if if we do a normal sign off where you say it and I'll go, thanks guys, and then yeah. all right, cool. <laughs>